Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast about all things magic and mythology and pop culture. We are on. Hey, everyone. I'm Liam, the daughter. Hey, I'm Laura. I'm the mom. What's going on, friends? What's happening? Hey, we got some wine today. We did. Yeah. Yeah, special occasion. Do you want to clink glasses? Let's clink. I feel like it's, you know, boom. Boom. And it's not in the morning and it's not in the evening. We're like midday having some wine. Yes, like adults. Like adults do. I'll do what I want. Oh, yes, Laura. Yes, that is our energy moving into the rest of time. (laughs) I do what I want. I do what I want. We're tapping into that Aries moon energy that we both have. And it's like, yeah. So speaking of, we decided that today's intro is going to be like a tea spilling session. A tea spilling session. Yeah, we're going to, I don't know. We're not like one to talk about drama, but no. what I did was ask on Instagram, like, give us your like deepest, darkest questions for us. Like, what do you want to know? And of course, you know. You all are awesome, and we had not fun fail with to it. disappoint. So we picked some of them. Mm-hmm. We put them in a cute little pumpkin. We did. Do you hear me? <laughs> I hear jingling. And we're going to answer some questions. Cool. So as a thank you to those who participated in mm-hmm. our little Instagram questionnaire, yeah. the first person I pick out of this pumpkin gets a free Uncle Bob's t-shirt. Oh, yes. As a reminder... When you participate, we're going to start doing giveaways randomly. Random. Okay. Yes. So I don't know. Throw us a review on Apple. You know, participate in our Instagram stuff. Yes. Interact on social media. And we're just going to start fucking Absolutely. getting away. We are. Because we love you. And the holidays are coming up. Because, you know, who doesn't love to get things on the holidays? Give the gift of Uncle Bob's. I love oh, it. I, I love, love it. it. TM. Yes. Okay. All right. Are you ready to pick the I'm first ready. question yes. out of the pumpkin? All yes. right. And this is our lucky. You know what? I have to put my wine down. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to take a sip. <laughs> And then my, I might put it down. Priorities, man. Might I put it down? Might I put it down? Okay. Might I. All right. What you wow. got? I'm, I'm digging for a good one. I'm a digging goodie. for gold. All okay. right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, wow. We're starting off with the heavy hitter. Oh, seriously? Yes. Congratulations <laughs> to at Brenna Witchy. Nice. Okay. Here's the question. And she gets a t-shirt. You get a t-shirt. Brenna, all right. Brenna, way to go. All right. How do you use your magic practices to make you feel better mentally? Whoa. Woo, woo. Who's going first? You or me? Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'll go first. Okay, do it. Um, yeah, I have not been shy on here, I don't Ooh. think, about Ooh. my <laughs> about my mental health state, right? I think I'm a, a pretty right. open book. Right. Um, it's hard. I'm not going to act like I have it all figured out, right? right. Um, I am a very inward witch or, yes. you know— practitioner, whatever you want to call it. So when I am like really down and out, I think that I turn inward and I try to listen to my own gut and intuition and I ask for answers through dreams, like I said, yes, um, which we're going to be talking about soon. Yes. Dream work. But yeah, I do a lot of that. Like I really try to tap into the gifts that I feel most powerful in right? and look for answers or help there, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. If I'm really down and out and no one is around because I have... 
Tarot performance anxiety. Okay. I'll break out my cards. Yeah. I'll just spend time with like, like I said, like whatever I feel amplifies my own gift. Right. And try to just stay there. Yeah. What do you do? So for me, I integrate my craft into my daily life. Yeah. Right? Definitely. I know you make fun of me all the time. What? But sometimes, you know, just getting up and just having the time to make my smoothie. <laughs> right? I know. It makes me feel you like know, I've accomplished yeah. something during the day or that I am doing something healthy for my for myself, right, for yeah. my body. Yes. You know, getting my nutrients in, which contain a lot of herbs and greens. Right. Hey, Laura, I love that for you. Yeah. I love that. Hey, can I make one suggestion? What? Add a little more liquid to those smoothies. <laughs> They're a little too thick. I love that they're like your self-care smoothie. But you know what? They like are. do yourself a favor. <laughs> And add just a touch more liquid. <laughs> it is a self-care smoothie. That's my morning. Yeah. And then I usually will go in, make my bed, let open up the window, let the air in, yeah. and then I light some incense. Intention. Right? Yeah. Intention. I have my altar. I usually have a candle burning. Yeah. I've got my herbs out. I also am introverted, as yeah. we've talked about. So right. I get anxiety-ridden when I'm around a lot of people. Definitely. So I usually wear jewelry mm -hmm. that is like a found object. It's either I have like earrings made from walnut shells. I've yes. got a scarf made from nettles. Nature. You know, so anything. Yeah, because if I can't be out in nature, which you is want definitely on you, I want to be wearing nature on me. I love that. Right. And, you know, obviously my acorn tattoo. So it's always trying to bring nature and uh, intention yeah, and I think it's I the do. same for me. Mm -hmm. Just obviously mine's not nature. Mm -hmm. Obviously mine is more internal. Right. So I think it's about tapping into like whatever mm -hmm. makes you feel most, right. you know, in touch with yourself and powerful and right. just try to yeah. as much as you can. And then you have on those special occasions when you have the full moon or, you know, it's a celebration like Beltane or anything like that where you're doing something special and yeah. it always involves cooking and music for me. Music um, is a big one for me yeah, as well. Sounds are definitely, yes, you know, big. Big. Yeah. <laughs> big. big. Oh my gosh. Big, big. Yeah. I hope that helps. Yeah. I hope that helps. Yeah. And congratulations. Yeah. You get a free t-shirt. Awesome. Thanks Yay. for participating. Are you ready for the next one? I am. All right. Let me reach in our little pumpkin and Do get it. it out. All right. What's one conspiracy that you'll never get over? And that was sent in by at McCartan28. And I apologize for all of the usernames mm -hmm. that I'm going to butcher. <laughs> butcher. Um, what's one conspiracy that you'll never get over? I can answer this immediately. Yes, you can. Um, JFK, mm -hmm. the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because I just, I have spent, like when I was young, I was really involved in that. I read so many Books. You have like I thought you meant you were involved in when I was young. I was involved. I was, I was on the grassy knoll. I was actually. The, I was the one holding the fucking umbrella. <laughs> is the lone gunman. No. no. Oh, jeez. Okay, Lord. Fuck. Oh you know what? Scrap this all. We're gonna get flagged by you, the fucking you, government. You literally had a library. No, legitimately, like I was kind of like so. I like hyper focused on stuff as a kid, and that yeah. was one of my areas. Like I was like, bitch, I'm gonna crack the code <laughs> of what happened to JFK. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. Pick an easier task, Lee. Fuck. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was like, so to me, I will never get over it because right. I know I will never know because, right. well, I think I know. Oh, we're yeah. not going to get into that. Yeah. I can start a whole other podcast that, that on that. Be, yeah, that could be a whole different right. conversation. Um, but I know like, you know, right. that is just 
never going to see the light of day, bitch. Right, right, so, right. So, yeah, I'll never get over it. I've spent so much time of my life trying yeah. to figure it out. And, yeah, RIP to that because I'm, right. <laughs> I'm not going to find out. You're not going to crack the code? I'm not going to crack oh, the code. Oh, jeez. What's yours? Um, you know, where's Jimmy Hoffa? No. <laughs> Girl, you are really concerned I mean, about that. Like, I definitely really want to know. I definitely want to know where Jimmy Hoffa is for sure. For sure, for sure. But I guess for me, it's definitely got to be, you know, Elvis. Well, what you about know? him? Well, because they say that wasn't him in his coffin when he oh, passed shit. away, that it was about a wax figure, oh. and, you know, that he's still alive somewhere. Do you think there have been Elvis sightings. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Do I think that's real? No, I do not. <laughs> but you'll however, never get over. However, I'm not going to get over that, because I'm like, could well, maybe. You know what? Yeah. You're you know, always going to, like, be stuck on that. You're like, oh, shit. Like, you know even, what I could in, be? even in Men in Black, when they're like, you know. Yeah, see, I'm not one to ask about, cons- <laughs> like, conspiracy theories, because mm-hmm. I am, like, very Fox Mulder. Like, well, yeah. it doesn't take me long to be like, yeah, sure, oh, that could happen. Because sure. yeah. I like never count any. I have seen some shit, bitch. Right, like, right. I, I yeah. never count anything out. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that could happen. So like, if you introduce a conspiracy theory to right. me, I will spend time like diving down that hole and being like, mm, yeah, I can see, <laughs> sure. I can see your I point of view. Yeah, angle. right, exactly. So yeah, thanks for that. We yeah. love talking conspiracy. We sure theories. do. We talk about it a lot in our alone time. We do. We do. We sure do. All right, here's the next one. Your favorite slash coolest story related to spell casting, ghosts, tarot, etc. And that was sent in by Sophie G. Yay, we love you, awesome. Sophie. Oh, geez, do you want to go first? I mean, we have so many of these. We've told so many. I have a new one. Do you? I do. It just happened last week. Oh, tell me. Okay, so our new best friend. Well, not new. Okay, mm-hmm. me and Lex, mm-hmm. Lavender and Loon, mm-hmm. who we have talked about many times, our favorite candle maker. Mm-hmm. Me and her have become, like, best buddies. Right, right. All right. Um, and she came to visit. She did. From Canada. Oh, my gosh. Last week. Yes. It was so fucking cool. We love her so much. Like, yes. uh, honest to God, I, like, miss her. I miss her presence. Okay. So fun. So anyway, she's very much in our vibe. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's tapped in. She's got the gift. Yeah. So we're here. And I, we haven't talked about this a lot. We haven't. But Washington, okay, mm-hmm. is a very odd, like, the PNW is a very odd place. Yes. Like, you kind of feel, I think it's because of all of the nature, like, mm-hmm. the very old nature. Like, you kind of get that yes. Twin Peaks. Like, you kind of feel like you can the see, nature is alive. Yeah. Like, you could definitely see how Twin Pink Peaks was. Twin, Twin Peaks. Pink. <laughs> that sounds Where strange. you two went to the restaurant. <laughs> Mr. Pink. That was Steve Buscemi. In that literally sounds like a poor title. Our dogs. Twin Pinks. Mr. Pink. TM. You know what? No one fucking create that. Because I'm coming at it. Why do I have to be Mr. Pink? <laughs> You're going to be Mr. Purple. I love that you have you went a totally different direction. I'm over here plotting like <laughs> like a bomb-ass sex film. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Anywho, I'm you about Steve Buscemi. All right, guys. Anywho, what the fuck was I saying? Um, Twin Peaks. Yes. Yeah, you could see how like I could stumble into the woods here and just mm-hmm. like enter hell yeah like enter right. a portal to hell yeah okay right. like yeah again yeah i believe yeah. it or okay, a fairy forest i don't know or a fairy forest yeah right. hey you call me zach biggins yeah you know what is that a compliment i don't know <laughs> we'll talk about that another day um but anyway so lex was here yeah and so we very much all three of us have had that feeling here but we mm-hmm. are all very in touch so mm-hmm. we're like is it us is it yeah. just you know but Lex got here and like within the first two seconds, she was like, uh, so I've been feeling like someone's watching me the mm-hmm. whole time I've been here. Yeah. Like there's a heavy feeling here. It's yeah. gorgeous. Nothing. Yeah. This is not yeah. saying anything bad about the PNW. But anyway, so keep that in mind. Like yeah. there was this feeling that mm-hmm. <laughs> we're all yeah. having. Right. And the first thing that happened was I was standing at our kitchen counter and Lex and Jake were talking mm-hmm. and someone 
whispered pardon yeah to me and you looked at the two of us and you were yeah. in there too yeah yeah pardon like uh-huh. just like that like they and i looked at the two of you and i went who the fuck just said pardon like you uh-huh. were like yeah. you know and they were like no. we didn't say anything no and I'm like, okay. And by this point, like, I don't really get freaked out by stuff like this because it happens a lot, to be honest. Right, right. So I'm like, all right, whatever. But then, mm-hmm. okay, me, Lex, and Jake are, like, sitting in a circle mm-hmm. on the floor, like, just fucking shooting the shit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we all start getting really cold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's enter Zach Bagan's joke. Right, right, <laughs> okay. right. Do you feel that? <laughs> that was all us. I'm like, well, it's really cold here. Like, yeah. and, like, frigid. Yeah. And then all of the sudden, Lex shoots her head up and looks, and she's like, did you see that? And at the same time, mm-hmm. I also, like, felt or saw something. And mm-hmm. I look up, and me and her look at each other, and I all, like, like that start bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Like, just, fuck, and I'm not talking, like, a tear. I'm right. talking, like, those tears were streaming. Mm-hmm. Jake and her were looking at me like, yeah. what's going on? And I'm like... I, don't, I was like, I feel fine. I don't know what's wrong. I just, like, can't, like, yeah. something is, it was like someone was trying to tell me something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then, like, after that, I don't know. Like, we yeah. were just still feeling like we were being watched. It was just the weirdest fucking experience. I've never felt that physically right. affected right. by something. Well, you have to preface that with, like, a couple weeks ago, you came out of your room, and I was standing in the kitchen. Oh, and, yeah. And I said, did you see that? Because there was a woman yeah. that walked through the little hallway, mm-hmm. but she was, you know, spirit, <laughs> and she, she like turned, turned her head and turned her head and looked at me. It's like what, bitch? Right? Yeah. And I was like, hmm. pardon? Like right? she wasn't threatening? Curious? Not at all. She was curious. Curious. Very curious. Turned her head and looked at me, and that which would you know coincide with your pardon? That's what I mean. Like I want to hear what you're saying. I want in on the combo. It was like she wanted the tea, but we <laughs> but Lex didn't know this. No, and she had said. I saw somebody moving in the hallway. <laughs> she goes, I looked up and I saw someone and she thought it was Jake, but it wasn't because <laughs> she turned her head and he was sitting on the floor. Right. Right. In the so, same spot. So very, yeah. So again, we're mm-hmm. all like picking up on the same shit. Right, so, right. Yeah. We have like many weird experiences kind of like that, but that yeah. was like literally, I mean, that was not even a week ago. Right. So Exactly. That, right. So Sophie, I hope that satisfied you. Hope that helps. Hope and that Lex, helps. I, you know, me and yeah. her are still talking about it, trying to figure right. out what the fuck happened because that was bizarre. Who's here? Who's here? Who's here hello right you want to join the club or what yeah 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 you got one um yes so you reminded me of this I had totally forgot about it but um I was living in Nashville and we had gone down into the village to a local bar and there was all these people milling about and I started talking to this one guy and he was older gentleman but he was talking about how he was in town because he was filming um, the show where he was, he was a psychic, he was a medium. Okay. And at that point in time, this wasn't a popular thing. People weren't doing, you know, sure. there was no Zach Bagans at this time. Oh. So, um, he's like, oh, you probably don't believe me. I was like, no, no, I'm like totally down with this stuff. <laughs> I'm right? already on board. I'm on, I'm on your ship. Okay. And so he says, well, I want you to think back to a childhood memory. Like when you had this really happy memory. And so I think, of course, I didn't say anything. And he takes out this little piece of paper and he starts like tapping. It's like all these dots on this paper. And I'm like, what is he doing, right? (laughs) Hello. And then when he was done, like he closed his eyes, he's like concentrating. He's done. And he hands me the paper. And on the paper, I'm sorry. Wow. Smoking two packs a day. Two packs a day. On the paper, it said Puddin'. Okay. Which was the name of my dog. 
when I was like five or six years old. And that was the memory you thought yeah, of? Yeah, that was the memory I thought of. So Yeah, like that was a deep memory that that motherfucker mm-hmm. just pulled out at a bar. Super cool. That's yeah. like automatic writing. Yeah. Which we haven't talked about yet, but I would love to. It's fascinating. Absolutely. Right. All right. We have time for one more question. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Let me look in the freaking pumpkin. In the pumpkin. Ooh. This one's juicy. Is it? Oh, no. Okay. What is your least favorite thing about the community of herbalism? And that was sent in by Niacara Donna. Mm. I'm so sorry if I said that wrong. Right. Also, I love you. We talk a lot on Instagram. Oh, okay. okay. Anywho. Cool. Anywho's it. Um, wow. You have left me speechless. No, <laughs> I know. Right? I'm like, mm. um, I'm really okay, going to think about let's that Let's preface one. this one. Okay. Because we dropped some news this week. We did. That yes. That our company, Hedgewitch Apothecary, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard us talk about from right. time to time. Right. Um, we're changing directions. We are. Uh, and we announced this over social media this last week. That we did. That um, we did. It's not gone. It's just in sleep mode. It's in sleep mode. Yeah. yeah. We're figuring out what we want to do. Like Rip Van Winkle. No. <laughs> yeah. But we know that the herbalism side of it is not what we want to do. So I'm going right. to let you take this, Laura. Ah, I'm going to okay. pick up my wine. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, yeah. Talk about some tea. So I feel like when I finally discovered that I wanted to be an herbalist, I mean, I've always been an introvert and I've always yeah. been an outsider. Mm-hmm. And so I've never actually felt like I belonged anywhere. Mm-hmm. I always seem to be on the fringe of things. Right. And I'm sure partly a lot of that is of my own doing, you know, with, you know, whatever. Trauma. Trauma. (laughs) But when I discovered that I'm like, I found this world of herbalism and I thought, I am so excited. I feel like I finally... My people. My people. I finally belong somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then I went to school and I have met some beautiful, lovely people. Um, So I'm definitely not, you know... Right. We're not shit talking. We're not shit. No, we're not shit talking. No blanket statements. No, 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 no. But I will say that as a community, there tends to be a little bit of snobbery. 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 Okay. And so for me, when I have to try so hard to fit in, then then it becomes work. You know, Mm. I feel like you should just kind of be accepted and everybody should be pulling for each other. It's, you know, a majority of women and, you know, supporting and building up and there's room for everybody and let's all learn together. That was not our experience. And that was not our experience. And we were already pretty well established and had headed out to some conferences, you know, some herbal conferences and, you know, tried to become part of the community. And I really, you know, a lot of people turned their noses up at us and a lot of people Mm -hmm. actually, I felt like ostracized a little bit. Yeah. So here's where I can kind of jump in, right? Right, Because I don't necessarily understand that side of it because the herbalism part was you, Mm -hmm. but I was on the social media side of things. So I was seeing these people in our DMs, Mm -hmm. okay? Like asking us for free information and Mm -hmm. that, and you know, to me, it's like, especially when social media was new, the best way to learn mm-hmm. was to watch people you admired and kind of see what was going on, right. but then filter it through your lens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Make mm-hmm. it your own. How do you communicate? Right. Okay. That's not what people were doing. They right. were like shitting on us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually we've heard from a lot of people since we've announced being like, oh yeah, like these mm-hmm. people used to talk so much shit on like you. Like we were a joke. Like we were a fucking joke. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. My spiciness is coming up. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Can you hear that? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So like I was seeing these people though in my DMs, like, you know, asking us, how do you do this? How did you get this social media following? Yes. Um, how do you, you know, where yeah. do you get this? How did you learn this? Can you tell me this? Can you give me that? Can you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, once pop culture started, you know, the witchy pop culture started kind of becoming trendy. Yeah. Then these people changed their tune like real motherfucking fast mm-hmm. <laughs> and started, when I say copying, I mean like our right. marketing, right? Our, our images on social media, our verbiage, mm-hmm. our words, mm-hmm. your formulas, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Our designs. The names. The na- Everything. Yeah. And so it's like, and it's like. It's funny because it's like, I saw you in our DMs. Like, I know you were fucking, like, watching our shit. And, like, this is also to say, like, in the nicest way possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hi, we see you because we also see that you have followed us over here to Uncle Bob's. And some yes. people are trying to do the same shit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So here yeah. is, like, my, here is what I will say. It's in every community. I have been in the absolutely, art community, absolutely. The herbalism community, the social media community, the horror community, whatever, yeah, you, whatever it's community everywhere. You have like ninety percent mm-hmm. of people that are so loving Correct. and so caring and so uplifting, so uplifting. And then there's that, you know, that snakes. little percentage of people that are mm-hmm. snakes in the grass. That yep. you know, and we're kind people, and we would do anything to help people. But you know. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It is. It's unfortunate. And now I understand why Willy Wonka locked his damn chocolate factory down. Oh, shit. And, you know, from the from the slugworths <laughs> of the world. <laughs> yeah, like, before you get any information from us, uh, you're going to have to pass, like, a series of tests. <laughs> Just, like, in We're going to have, Wonka. like, the gauntlet, you know. Oh, you my God. Run the honestly. <laughs> right. American Ninja Warrior. That's right. Fuck. Like, honestly, uh, you know, this yeah. is all fun and jokes. But yeah. it is sad because I have seen it. Yeah, you know, it's still yeah, happening yeah, yeah. to this very day. Yeah, like stuff of ours is still being ripped off. It's like, yeah, ah, fuck. But you know, yeah, that's my least favorite part. I wish there was more support. I wish there was more mm-hmm. uplifting. I wish there was yeah. more like, I don't know, yeah. just like genuinely nice people. Right. But they will smile on your face, or like just rip you apart, but then just copy your shit yeah. entirely. Like either one, it's bad. Right. So, yeah. If you were getting into this field or Honestly, any community like this, especially when they have like a large community on social media, Mm -hmm. you know, just be aware. That's all. That's you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So was that like an adequate tea spilling? I mean, I think that was like a bomb. Like, I think it was juicy. The tea was hot. The tea was hot. The tea was hot. And And again, it's all good vibes. There's no anger. There's no no animosity. It's learning experiences. That's a great way to put it. Learning experiences. We have learned so much. Look at all these blessings. I feel so smart. Yeah, look at look at all these blessings. Look at yes. all these blessings. They're Absolutely. <laughs> they are abundant. We have learned so much. And we are celebrating our success here at Uncle Bob's and the support that we receive. Absolutely. So let's like end this on a positive note. Yes. Fact check, Jake. Do we have some patrons to thank? We do have some patrons to thank. We have Griffin and Jade. Thank you both so, so much. Griffin Thank and you. Jade. I Thank love you. that. That sounds like a dynamic duo like that Batman does. and Robin. That Griffin does. and Jade. A new uh, band name called it. Thank you, new patrons. Thank you. Uh, hey, we have exciting news. We do. We got a brand new camera. 
Yes, through your patronage, your love, your support, your belief in what we're doing, we were able to up our game. We just upped our game big time. So if you are a Patreon supporter, thank you. Because yes. this was all because of you. We bought a correct. brand new camera and a tripod and we upped our game for you. So now the videos you get are going to be even more crisp and clear. It. Oh my God. I'm yeah. so excited. Like it's, I'm literally, I could cry. Thank you I all know. so, so much. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. We appreciate and we every have, single one of you. We really do. We have a lot more cool stuff coming. We're going to be vlogging with this new camera. We're going to be going on trips. We're going to be yes. sharing even more exclusive content with our yeah. patrons so here's your you know go check us out on patreon alert yes uh go buy some fun new merch i got my john kuzak sweatshirt on I today see that laura it's looking great isn't it yeah go buy some merch go check out our website go leave us a review on apple go sign yes. up for patreon you can't um underestimate the importance of a five-star apple review laura yes you said that with such eloquence didn't i yes <laughs> what a way to wrap that up <laughs> and with that are and you ready that, to like head on in i'm ready to head on in i am i feel so like ready. wow we just what a great what a great start to i can't episode. believe that it's taken this long for for this topic for you to come up. I can tell you why. Yeah. Because I'm nervous. Are because you? Because this is a very special one to okay, me. Okay, yeah. And so we've talked about this. Like when it's a movie or a television show that we have very <laughs> specific feelings towards or yeah. it's very important to us, it's kind of hard to do it. It is. Because and, it's yeah. hard to like look at it from an outside perspective mm -hmm. and like be willing to put it out there to be picked yeah, apart. Right. right. And the pressure to pay it justice yes. is like... The, it's pressure, too much. the pressure's on. The pressure is to on. To pay it justice, yeah. I feel like I did a good job. I'm Are so excited. Are you ready to jump I in? I am so excited, yes. I am talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show today. One of your favorites. One of my absolute favorites. It would not be spooky season without Rocky Horror. So Absolutely. let's fucking jump into it. Do it. It's a musical slash horror comedy mm -hmm. slash cult classic film. Are you cult. kidding? It is the cult classic. <laughs> it's the cult classic. Right? Yes. I think so. Released September 26, 1975. Wow. Wow. Going way back. No, I'm just kidding. That's not that far back. I just made a lot of people feel like <laughs> real fucking old. I'm sorry. I was mm. only eight. I know. <laughs> my bad. My bad. All right. Written and directed by Jim Sharman. Adapted from the Rocky. <laughs> what? Sharman? Like toilet paper? Don't squeeze the Sharman. <laughs> I knew you were going to fucking say that. Fact check, check, make sure that's his name. Because watch, I spelled it wrong and we're going to just roast him the rest of the episode. At least let's make sure we're roasting him in a justified way. Oh my way. gosh, I love it. Oh my gosh. His name is Jim Sharman. Oh, shit. Wow, Lord. Okay. All right. So justified. All right. Anywho, adapted from the Rocky Horror Show by Richard O'Brien, which mm -hmm. was a musical mm -hmm. play. Yes. Here's your cast. Give it to me. All right, Tim Curry, which I just realized we did two Tim Curry films uh, back to back. Because I just did it. You just did it. Uh, we, hey, he's the master. Tim Curry, like, kind of rolls Halloween. Like, you kind of, come on. He's the shit. He's the fucking shit. He is Dr. Frankenfurter, a scientist. <laughs> All right. Frankenfurter. Yes. Susan Sarandon as Janet Weiss, mm -hmm. a heroine. Yes. Barry Bostwick as Brad Majors, a hero. And I have a little, this episode's going to be like 19 hours long. We're just ready to spill all the We're juicy tea. We're spilling all the tea. So um, I used to run an Etsy shop and mm -hmm. I sold these collages that I made out of old vintage vinyl record sleeves. Yeah. It's actually pretty cool. If I do say so myself. Uh, I bought the first one. You did. Thank you. You're yeah. so cute. Oh my gosh. <laughs> cute as a button. Um, anywho, I had a Rocky Horror one because yeah. again, this was like years ago. Yeah. Um, again, Rocky Horror is important to me. Yes. And so it gets purchased, and mm -hmm. I don't think anything of it. And then I get a message, right, <laughs> saying, 
Hi, Lee. This is Barry Boswick, <laughs> the Brad Majors <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, I love this painting. Thank you. And can I like display it at my Comic Con? Yeah, like because he goes to like conventions, right? As, you know, Brad Majors. And can I like display it? And yeah. I was like, "Fuck yeah, Barry!" But Bo- I'm still convinced I'm getting catfished <laughs> and by someone. Not, and it's not really Barry. And Boswick. it's not really Barry Boswick. <laughs> but like the address was in L.A., and so I'm like, I mean. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, watch me. I'm getting catfished, aren't I? No, I don't Are you think sure? so. Okay. I don't think so. Barry, if you're listening, could you send me a pic <laughs> with the newspaper? Of you with the with the picture with the newspaper with today's date on it. So I fucking know it's you, Barry. Like, but I really wanted to tell you that because I want you to go through my whole plot description, knowing that this man has one of my paintings. Yes. Okay. Right. That's fucking cool. And then didn't he just send you another email not too long ago asking if he could make a clock out of it or something? We're friends. <laughs> Me and maybe Barry Boswick. BFFs. <laughs> maybe like a 12-year-old in Idaho. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> We're tight. <laughs> okay. Jeez. All right. Anywho, Richard O'Brien as Riff Raff, a handyman. Uh, Riff Raff. Riff Raff. Patricia Quinn as Magenta, a domestic this is one I would like to say. This is not my verbiage. Okay. Right. This was 19- the 70s. This is okay. what they gave. A domestic. <laughs> I'm just mm. repeating the information. Okay. <laughs> now Campbell as Columbia, a groupie. Again, not my verbiage. Mm-hmm. Peter Hinwood as Rocky Horror, a creation. Rocky. A Rocky creation. Horror. Yeah. Jonathan Adams as Dr. Everett V. Scott, a mm-hmm. rival scientist. Yes. Charles Gray as the criminologist, an expert. And the loaf. The loaf. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. As Eddie, the ex-delivery boy. Yes, the loaf. The one and only. The loaf. Are you ready to jump into this rundown? Let's do it. Okay, again, it is a musical. So most of the plot is delivered via song. Mm -hmm. And the story is narrated by the criminologist and expert. And here's where I'm going to say this plot. When I tell you I had to watch this movie so many times to understand what the fuck was going on. Like, this is a bonkers plot. If you've ever seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, like, just have fun and bear with me. Absolutely. I think we've talked about this earlier. It's like when you talk to people, it's either I love it or I hate it. Rocky Horror. Yes. Yeah, they're either all about it or they're not digging it. And so I'm just going to need you to bear with me. This plot is weird. You're just going to have to know we're going to take some turns and twists. I'm all about it. All right. So a pair of giant red lips slowly enters the frame. And begins singing an introduction that is basically a giant nod to science fiction and horror films. Mm -hmm. Love it so much. Yes. To let you know what you are about to get into, basically. Mm -hmm. All right. Thrills and chills like a late night double feature picture show. Yes. Mentioned in the intro. The day the earth stood still. Mm -hmm. Flash Gordon. Flash. uh, I'm doing that at some point. Are you? You have to. People would love it. The Invisible Man. It came from outer space and when worlds collide. So, like, yes. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely an homage yes. to the science fiction genre. Mm-hmm. Then we flash to a wedding scene at a little church. Yes. Cute. Picturesque. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brad Majors and Janet Weiss, a pretty average plain couple, are attending yes. the wedding. Brad gets swept up in the moment and decides to propose to Janet as he sings to her in the nearby graveyard. I know. It's very... Um Night of the Living Dead-ish. Yes. yes. And he looks with the glasses. Yes. Brad is such a dweeb. 
He is. Okay. <laughs> Janet, you're also a dweeb. I'm gonna call I'm gonna call it like I see it. <laughs> From the jump. Oh my gosh, yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. I love it though. All right. Janet ex- accepts, of course. Of All right. Course. Uh, now they're engaged and she's so glad. Yeah. All right. The happy couple decides to go and see Dr. Scott, their former science teacher and now friend. Great, Scott. Dr. Scott. <laughs> to celebrate the good news of their engagement yes. one late November evening. It was a night out they were going to remember for a very long time, Mm -hmm. as the narrator tells us. Right. On the way there, Janet is reading quite possibly the world's largest fucking newspaper. (laughs) It takes up the whole fucking front seat of the car. I know. I often wonder, were newspapers that big back then? No. The answer is no. It was comically large. (laughs) (laughs) And it's distracting. Comically large. Comically large. (laughs) All right. They get caught in a storm on their drive, and Mm -hmm. their tire goes flat. Damn it. Fucking bummer. Janet. Damn it, Janet. Uh, using Janet's giant-ass fucking paper to shield the mm-hmm. rain. It covered right. both of them. It, you know what? <laughs> Joke's Neither on me. Neither of them got a drop of water on them. Joke's on me. <laughs> the two get out and walk to a nearby castle that they saw on their drive there, hoping mm-hmm. to get to a phone. Yes. All right, Riff Raff, the handyman. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> answers the door after singing a little tune that I still to this day don't understand. I don't know what the fuck he's singing about. I'm like, okay, <laughs> and invites Brad and Janet inside. Yes, all right. He's like, he's like a creep. He's like lurking at all yeah, times. All right. right. The castle is spooky, but cool as hell. Mm-hmm, all right. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's a banging party going on for one of the master's special affairs, as Riff Raff says. Okay, which is the annual Transylvanian convention. Love it. Wow. The wild ass party erupts into a catchy little dance number, also known as the time warp. If you didn't know, that's where that comes from. Yes. I love it. Love it. Insinuating that the couple won't be the same after entering the castle. Dun, dun, dun. Get it together. (laughs) Get it together. Uh, A line from the song. I'm going to interject lines here and there. Yes, I love it. Time meant nothing, never would again. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. It's just a jump to the left. Wow. All right, Brad and Janet are terrified and try to escape, but are mm-hmm. interrupted by Dr. Frankenfurter, mm-hmm. a very bold, very sexual, very beautiful mad scientist from transsexual Transylvania. Yes. And I'm just going to say it again. I fucking love Tim Curry. Ugh. He's so great in this role. Right? Uh, Frank is in charge and says that he'll get the couple a mechanic to fix their car, but they have to stay for the night. Have to spend the night. <laughs> Yeah. Yikes. Sounds like a trap. <laughs> he also says he's been creating a man that's good for relieving tension, wink, wink. Winky, winky. Wink, wink. Laura, you need one of those. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so he invites them up to the lab yeah. to see what's on the slab. Nice. Nice. Uh, Riff Raff and the other cast of characters, Magenta the domestic and Columbia the groupie, mm-hmm. immediately start taking off B&J's. Close. Brad and Janet. B and J. That's what I'm going to, that's what I shortened to. B and J. B and J. Appropriate. Yes, okay. of course. All right. Remember, Brad and Janet are more reserved. So they are like, why are you taking off our clothes? What the fuck is happening? They right. just wanted to use the phone. Uh, that's or all so they came they for. That's all they came for. That's not really what they wanted. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wink, wink. Wink, wink. The whole gang goes up to Frank's lab, which always creeped me out because the walls are like this like weird pink and it. Or like this, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It always, yeah. this scene always creeps me out. Institutionalized, yes. but not. Yes. Yes. Exactly, Lore. All right. And he <laughs> explains, you nailed it. Yes. That uh, he now knows the secret to life, Dr. Frankenfurter, mm-hmm. because he created life himself. Tell me, Frankie, tell me. Tell me. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> we are then introduced to Rocky. 
Yes. Okay. Frank's beautiful creature creation mm-hmm. who finally wakes up after a series of fucking hilarious like sciencey things like right. Dr. Frankenfurter's like moving these knobs. Oh my god, yeah, it's yeah. fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And Rocky wakes up. All right, Rocky, who is first dressed in mummy wrappings. Of course. But then a little, like, gold underwear slash shoe (laughs) combo that I'm really interested in. He was a solid gold dancer in a previous life. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, He immediately burst into song. Because, again, this is a fucking musical. Musical. Uh, My life is a misery. That was the line that I really took from that. Uh, His song is my least favorite. I think it's absolute trash. No offense, Rocky. Cheer up, Charlie. (laughs) Every... Category. Every musical has to have one fucking trash number. One skip every time. One skip. And Rocky, I'm so sorry. It's you. It's you, my friend. All right. Frankenfurter is proud of his creation Mm -hmm. and vows to put in the work to make him the best, strongest man ever in just seven days. We like like a challenge. That is a challenge. Just a week. All right. But Rocky and Frank's little love fest is interrupted by a frozen motorcycle riding man named Eddie who just wants to sing rock and roll. Remember when I told you you were going to have to bear with me? Steady Eddie. He, like, busts out from a fucking freezer yes. on a motorcycle, and he's like, whatever happened? Yeah. <laughs> and the best and he's like, he's like, about, you know, hoppatootie, bless my soul. <laughs> he steals the show. Have we said that we love the loaf? We love the loaf. We love the loaf. Yes. Especially in this film. Yes. All right. Eddie was Columbia's mate. Of course. All right. Until Dr. Frankenfurter stuck him in the deep freezer because he <laughs> needed half of his brain to create Rocky. Only half? Only half. <laughs> Yeah, I hope half, it was the good half. I don't think it was. <laughs> I don't think was it was. Was there a good half? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Basically, Eddie's hot patootie, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's my jam. I, I love it. It's on like every one of my playlists. So I'm not even going to lie to you about hot it. Hot patootie, bless my soul. I really love that rock yes. and roll lore. <laughs> All right. Eddie's kick-ass song and sax playing gets everyone at the party excited and dancing. I said the fact check Jake should be him for Halloween <laughs> because he also plays the sax. <laughs> I think it's just natural. Frankenfurter gets super jelly that everyone is like digging Eddie's fucking groove. Yeah. All right. And he kills Eddie with an axe. That escalated very quickly. I have, say, I have to say. I have to. It was very harsh. All the fucking while, Brad and Janet... Janet especially. Like, what the hell is going on here? Well, yes, but they're also kind of getting into what they're seeing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, Janet's like, I love muscles, too. <laughs> like, she's kind of like, ooh, all right. She's letting her hair down a little. Yeah, even yeah, though yeah. they have no fucking idea what's going right, on. Right, right. Okay? And neither does the audience at this point. Exactly. <laughs> Little Lee was like, literally, what is happening in this film? Meatloaf is now here. All right. All right. The party clears out. Yes. And B and J, Brad and Janet, are shown to their separate rooms. Mm-hmm. Red flag number one. Right. Later on that night, Janet receives a knock at the door. Knock, knock. That she believes is Brad. He's coming for a smooch. He's coming for some loving. <laughs> In reality, it's Dr. Frankenfurter. All right. It's, it's Frankie. <laughs> You're killing me with that. I don't know why that's so funny, but it is. Janet acts super pissed at first because uh-huh. she is engaged to Brad. That's right. All right. But then totally gives in and gets funky with Frank. You can't resist Dr. Frank Furter. Janet, you are a straight arrow no longer. <laughs> no longer. And she promises not to tell Brad. Right. All right. Later, later on that night. Mm-hmm. Little Brad receives a knock at the door. Knock, knock. He thinks and it's Janet. He thinks it's Janet. Coming for some loving. In reality, it's Frank. <laughs> Brad acts pissed first because he's engaged to Janet. <laughs> but then totally gives in and gets funky with Frank because you can't resist Dr. Frank and Feeling funky, Frankie. <laughs> 
Was that a Home Alone Rocky Horror yes. crossover? Do mash up. <laughs> that was that was top notch. That was Chef's kiss. Laura, I love you so much. This is why, you know what? I'm so proud of you. This is why we do it, folks. We've ascended to like <laughs> comedy gold. <laughs> okay. So Brad promises not to tell Janet. Uh-huh. All right. Anyway, Janet storms off, feeling super guilty yes. about her little love fest. Her little tryst. But she ends up seeing a video of Brad and Frank smoking a ciggy <laughs> after their little love fest. Uh-oh, and Brad's in his tidy whiteies, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brad. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, still in- Brad. Oh, Brad. <laughs> All right, so when Janet hears Rocky, their creation, crying mm-hmm. for some love and attention because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on, she wastes absolutely no time and gets down and dirty. She wants to get dirty. With Rocky. With Rocky. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's not she Balboa. She likes muscles. Not Balboa. She likes muscles. Okay, Lord. <laughs> Fuck. It's a sexy love triangle slash mm-hmm. square slash rectangle. I don't know. It's a love affair. Slash labyrinth. Oh, oh yes. yes. Oh, is, is now the time to bring up bulges? Bulges? <laughs> uh, welcome to the chat. Jareth's bulge. <laughs> Someone count how many times that makes its way into our episodes. All right, to really spice things up Mm -hmm. and add an extra element of surprise. Yes. Dr. Scott, remember, who Brad and Janet were going to see. Yeah. Also arrives at the castle at this exact moment. Of course. And we learn that he now investigates UFOs for the government. Why not? (laughs) Duh. Exactly. Like I said earlier, why not? Yeah. He's an early Fox Mulder. Sure. (laughs) The first. Fox Mulder. All at once. Fox Moldy. Oh my God. Because he's oldie. Someone stop her. She's had too much wine. Are you kidding? That was a good Uh, one though. Yeah, good. She's really proud of that one. I can really tell. All right. All at once, everyone collides and everything is revealed. Yes. And this is my favorite scene. Dr. Scott. Janet. Brad. Brad. (laughs) Dr. Scott. Janet. Brad. And if you're in on, like, this movie is supposed to, like, kind of pay homage to, like, the goofy fucking science fiction horror movie, it's fucking even funnier. It's hilarious. All right. So long story very short. Yeah. Okay. It is revealed at dinner that Eddie, remember, the loaf. Mm -hmm. The loaf. Was Dr. Scott's nephew. (gasps) I know. Were they having meatloaf for dinner? (laughs) Yes. Actually, Lore. Okay. So Dr. Scott is there looking for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Brad and Janet's presence there is simply a fucking coincidence. Oh, no. Okay. Frank serves up Eddie's dead body for dinner. So, yes, they are eating meatloaf oh, no. for dinner. Good one, Laura. And everyone tw- obviously tweaks the fuck out. Right, of course. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. Frank is over everyone's shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's not having fun anymore. And he traps Brad, Janet, and Dr. Scott by freezing them with alien technology called, I think, if I wrote it right, the media transducer. Again, I've watched this movie so many times, I'm like, I don't know. That sounds completely correct. Thank you. Mm -hmm. After Columbia also pisses him off, Mm -hmm. Dr. Frankenfurter freezes her as well. Oh, Columbia. Bye-bye. So long. Frankenfurter puts all the frozen statue bodies on stage dressed up and has himself a little cabaret (laughs) performance because again this is a musical the performance winds up in the pool with frank singing his goodbye message of don't dream it be it that's right i love it it's like my favorite part live it (laughs) yes riffraff and magenta interrupt his little 
musical number in yeah. the pool, and end up killing Dr. Frankenfurter with a weird <sighs> trident ray gun alien thing. No, Frankie, no. <laughs> because he failed at his original mission, which I believe was to like test humans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Rocky. For what? I don't know. Oh, just test them. <laughs> Lord, fuck. Why do you have to? There's probably a reason that some Rocky Horror fan is going to come out and be like, well, actually. And now, <laughs> thank you, Lord, for calling me. I don't fucking know. Just to test humans. Okay. Yes. Rocky and Columbia also bite the fucking dust. R.I.P. All right. Riff Ruff tells Brad, Janet, and Dr. Scott that they are returning to their home planet of transsexual in the galaxy of Transylvania. Yes. So they better fucking bounce mm-hmm. unless they intend to come with. Get out. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Right. The gang rushes off and the castle blasts off into space behind them, leaving Brad, Janet, and Dr. Scott in a cloud of sexy smoke. I say sexy smoke because they were like, oh, oh, oh. And I'm Where's like, my oh. newspaper? <laughs> Brad, I need my newspaper to shield the fog. Yeah. The end. The end. <laughs> that is the end of this fantastic no one- film. Except Dr. Scott, Janet, and Brad lived happily ever after. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they ascended to their planet and lived happily ever after. You know what? You're thinking too deep. Okay. That's Rocky Horror Picture Show. I love it. Did you like that? Yes. Okay. It was awesome. My lesson is the history of Rocky Horror. It couldn't be anything but that. I think, I feel like there's a lot of people that don't know. Exactly. Yes. So I figured, you know what? Let's jump in. Let's lay it it out. All right. Here's the beginning. Mm -hmm. Rocky Horror was written by Richard O'Brien. Who yes. played Riff Raff. Mm-hmm. And he is an English slash New Zealand writer and actor. Love it. All right. He wrote Rocky Horror in six months, supposedly, and was inspired by his love of science fiction and B-horror films. Fascinating. And the, like, unintentional humor. Yes. Okay, that right. came along with right. the genre. Yes. It opened in 1973 as a dark musical play mm-hmm. above London's Royal Court Theater. Nice. The play was a huge hit and bounced around, eventually ending up in Los Angeles Mm. in the United States. It was such a huge hit that a movie adaptation just made sense. All right. Writer-director Jim Sharman. Yes. (laughs) Squeeze the Sharman. (laughs) Okay. Uh Stepped in to to tackle the... Yes. Yeah. Okay. To to squeeze himself. (laughs) To squeeze squeeze himself. (laughs) You threw me off with the toilet paper reference. Yes. He stepped in. To handle the movie version yes. and was offered a bigger budget from the studio, which I believe was 20th Century Fox. Nice. If he agreed to cast more famous slash well-known people like Mick Jagger, who was interested in the project. Oh, Mickey. All right. Okay. Why are you talking about these people like you are close friends? Close a person. <laughs> it's called manifestation, Lee. <laughs> oh, Mickey. Oh, okay. Uh, remember that time they wanted you to be in Rocky Horror? <laughs> and you said, no, no. I'm too famous for that. You know what? You're killing me. Like, someone stop her. Take her wine away. All right. Jim Toilet Paper. What? Jim Sharman. Sharman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. He actually declined. Did he? Yeah. And he tried to keep as many of the original cast members as possible, which I think I is super love cool. That. The movie opened in 1975 and was not a hit. Not. Like the play. No. It was a total fucking clinker. Clinker. At the box office. Mm-hmm. It was not received very well or very much at all. No. No one was really seeing it. It was considered to be a flop and it got the fucking axe and was taken out. 
Which leads me to midnight screenings. Yes. Are you so excited? The best. The best. I would almost argue that you haven't seen Rocky Horror if you haven't been to a midnight That's screening. That's correct. Right? And okay. nothing says Halloween more than a midnight screening of Rocky Horror Picture It literally, Show. like, it warms my yep. heart. All right. Yep. So let's jump into it. Uh, oh. there, you know what? <laughs> There's a little precursor. All right. It's the wine. <laughs> All right, so let's flash forward a bit to April of 1976 in New York City. New York City. <laughs> yes. The Waverly Theater in Greenwich Village mm -hmm. had seen some success in the past with midnight movie showings of films like Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Yes. The organization decided to give Rocky Horror, which had just received the axe, mm -hmm. a go. And the show premiered at midnight between April 1st and April 3rd. Accounts vary. And okay. I don't want to start some shit. Right, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Midnight crowd, unlike the daytime movie-going crowd, yeah. was really feeling the Rocky Horror vibe. Yes. And it played every Saturday night. I love it. Word started to spread around town, and it became super popular in the underground scene mm -hmm. specifically. Right. The Waverly Theater became the first location ever to play Rocky Horror as an ongoing, exclusive midnight show every single week. I love that. Are you ready for this? I am so ready. It closed there on January 28th. 1978. Ah, oh, your birthday. I know. All right. Other midnight showings started popping up around the city and mm -hmm. eventually the country. Right. So it became a sleeper underground hit. And that is why, like you said, it is still considered to be a cult classic because the. it did not start off yes. as a fucking hit. It the was a creeper. Cult classic. Yes. By now, it has definitely grown so large that it is pretty much in the mainstream, right? Yep. Yeah. However, the midnight screenings are still a place for the true wild ones to go nuts. I love it. All right. We all went to a midnight showing before mine and fact check Jake's yeah, wedding. It was like your bachelor party. It really, well, yeah. yeah, bachelorette, whatever. Yeah. Bachelor slash bachelorette. Yeah, we had fun. Yeah. Uh, Jay, my, <laughs> my cousin's husband, fell asleep. <laughs> He wasn't into Two it. minutes in, he was out. I have pictures. Or maybe I'll throw them up. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of our friends went and we just had fun. I wonder if danced. Jay had fun though. Well, I, I hope mean, he had good dreams. I hope he had good least. dreams. I hope they were positive. He was sawing fucking logs Frank over there. And yeah, right. Like if you can fall asleep to like that movie, which is loud and obnoxious, know, like, right? you know what? More power to you. I was like, you know what? Should we get him a pillow? Should we get him a blanket? Teach me your ways, Jay. He looks comfy. We were like throwing popcorn at him. <laughs> I'm really going to flash the pictures. Make sure you follow us on social media. All right. So this, again, mm -hmm. leads me to audience participate. Participate. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you, Lord. I'm shivering with anticipation. <laughs> Participation, <laughs> audience participation, and callbacks. Yes. So at these live shows, passionate repeat audience members would sit in the front row mm -hmm. and sing the songs, yell their favorite lines, scream jokes, etc. Et oh my god, etc. 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 As Yul Brenner would say. Okay. Yes. Okay. Go. <laughs> like a rowdy, strange crowd would. Yeah. Right? Like okay. Rowdy, rowdy Piper. With their props. Oh, yes, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. The two of you need to be locked up today. <laughs> Wrap it up. All right. Okay, then. Picture mm -hmm. it. It's Labor Day weekend of 1976. I'm picturing wieners flying in the air. Yeah. <laughs> we know. You always are. You always are. Admit it right now. Okay. Louis Farisi. That's uh -huh. definitely not probably how you pronounce okay. his name. Lou Ferrigno. Right. Oh, that's exactly what I thought of. This has gone the totally off. Hulk. This okay. has gone totally off the rails. Is he green? Oh my god. 
Louis Farisi. <laughs> Louis Farig. Louis Farigno. A big time fan and repeat Waverly visitor screamed, buy an umbrella, you cheap bitch. <laughs> Janet, towards the beginning of the film, probably when she's using that ungodly large newspaper, he's like, buy a fucking umbrella. Okay. Uh This is known as the first official callback. Love it. So what is a callback or shout out? Mm -hmm. If you've never been to a midnight showing of Rocky Horror, you might not know. So I figured I I would let you in. Yeah. A callback is when audience members of a midnight showing yell or talk back to the screen Mm -hmm. during the film or production. Right. So there are specific lines to say at specific times, and they are all mocking slash mimicking the characters, the Mm -hmm. movie, the scene, but in like the best way Mm -hmm. possible. It's all fun. I'm not going to get into the specifics because you have to experience it. You have to experience it. Depending on where you are, though, props may also be involved, which is fun. So also at the Waverly in 1977, audience members began throwing confetti during Brad and Janet's like yeah. proposal scene. Right. All right. This eventually turned to rice mm-hmm. and more props started working their way in, such as large newspapers, rubber gloves, and toilet paper. And wieners. Yes. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> Obviously, Laura's hyper-focused on the wiener. On the furder. <laughs> The Frankie Furter. Laura, we all know. Again, any cancer roof thatchers out there, you know, she's sending signals. Okay? All beef. <laughs> oh, oh, RIP shit. to me because I'm going to be fucking dead after this episode. You both oh, are no. killing me. Okay, so audience participation and energy is a huge part of the Rocky Horror experience. Yes. All right, some showings will even have a cast stand beneath the screen to perform the scenes and songs. Right. Uh, It's like a fucking spooky dance party for all of the strange people out there. I love it so much. Yes. Don't worry, though, if you are a Rocky Horror virgin, that's what they call you. Yes. The crowds are normally so awesome and people will help you out. However, I also linked a virgin's guide. (laughs) <laughs> via the it. official Rocky Horror Picture Show oh, fan club awesome. on our website. Cool. It's definitely a community, mm-hmm. I think, anyway. It gives yeah. a lot of people the chance to truly connect with one another. The film and screenings don't take themselves too seriously. It's fun. Right. Do you remember that? Yes. Like, uh, people used to actually have oh, fun. have fun? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. It was 84 years ago. It's been 84 <laughs> years. <laughs> like that girl in Titanic. Yes. I keep thinking the newspaper was the size of the door that both of them definitely could have fit on in Titanic. Honest to fucking <laughs> God. Jake, you're right. Yes. Yeah, get it together. All right. <laughs> Midnight screenings now occur all over the place, especially around Halloween. Yes. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Rocky Horror and Queer culture as well because that is important all right so you have to remember that the stonewall riots took place in 1969 also in new york city right all right so almost 10 years later remember 1976 is when Mm -hmm. rocky hit the scene correct there was still a push for gay rights the need for community and a push for queer voices and stories to be heard yes so obviously by my plot description you can tell that there are themes of unabashed sexuality mm-hmm. sexual liberation gender fluidity and acceptance all going through that story love it gender sexuality race etc none of it mattered all are cool fuck mm-hmm. a gender role fuck a gender stereotype in this movie right yes Dr. Frankenfurter is pansexual, according to Tim Curry. Okay. And is gender nonconforming, which I do want to say they use he pronouns, he, him pronouns in the movie. That is why I also use them. Uh, Dr. Frankenfurter, very loud and clear, 
mm-hmm. and who he is, right? Very Correct. bold, very confident, very sexy and sexual. No apologies. I did want to note, like I did at the beginning, the term transvestite is used in the story, which is now seen as, you know, not, yes. it's not right. It's, not it's problematic. Um, it wasn't used the same at the time from what I've read. Okay. Right. right. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Regardless, uh, these themes weren't being showcased often at the time. Definitely not in this very bold right. way. Right. Okay. It's important to remember. Midnight showings often gave queer people a safe space that was otherwise unavailable to them. So what I was reading was that like a lot of places that didn't even have gay bars. Right. They would see midnight showings of Rocky Horror because yeah. it was that popular. Right. And so queer people were able to go there. Right. When they maybe, you know, yeah, otherwise would not have yes. that available to yes. them. So it was very important. Yes. So I took a quote from an Atlantic article, which I, yes. of course, will link, um, that said... Rocky Horror was a campy beacon of sexuality and self-acceptance. And I think that wraps it up very nicely. I like that. Now, this is not to say that everyone in the LGBTQ community feels this way, right? Many people considered it to be transphobic or at least a problematic representation. Okay. Okay. Uh, Some don't appreciate that Frankenfurter is the deviant or the villain. Mm -hmm. All right. Topics Mm -hmm. of consent become an issue in the film. And of course, the outdated language and lingo does not help. Correct. Yeah. This is not for me to decide. Right. Okay. Right, I right. am I am not trans. Um right. so I have linked articles on our website from both perspectives because cool. I think it's important. Right. What I would like to say though for me, mm-hmm. um, the overarching message message, <laughs> message that I received as a young queer kid was be true to yourself, fuck the rest. Right. Okay. So right. take from that what you will. Mm-hmm. Would you like some fun and random facts? I would love some. All right. This is the longest continually running movie in history. And is now one of the top grossing movie musicals ever. I love that so much. Wow. Uh, Dr. Frankenfurter was inspired by Alice Cooper and Frankenstein. Oh, I love that. Which you can totally yeah, I knew see, Frankenstein, right? sure, yeah. Tim Curry's theatrical movie debut. Love now, it. I didn't know that. I until didn't know this. that I was either. Like, what? What? Yeah. Right? He was in the original stage production along with Richard O'Brien, Nell Campbell, and Patricia Quinn. I love that. Nev Campbell? Nef. Did I say Nev Campbell? No. Oh. <laughs> Someone tell me what Nev Campbell fucking sounds like. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be hilarious. All right. Anyway, filmed in England. Mm-hmm. Fun. Uh, Vincent Price was offered the role as the criminologist. <laughs> OMG. Would that not have been amazing? I would love that so right. much. But he had already had, you know, a jam-packed schedule That's because he's the shit. Because he is the shit. But supposedly he was a big Rocky Horror fan. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> what did I just tell you earlier? His, I find his voice so soothing. I just love I just love him. I love him so much. There are tons of ad- adaptations of this story, right? I know uh, Laverne Cox, there was like a Fox like live okay. uh, show. You know how they do those every yeah, once yeah. in a while. Laverne Cox played Frankenfurter. They did it on Glee. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are still stage productions happening. Oh, yeah. I know there are midnight showings happening oh, everywhere. Yeah. So if you can, especially around Halloween, go out and see it. Check it it out. As my last little fun fact, I have to, you know, throw a shout out to my Aunt Karen. Yeah. Yeah, my dad's sister, Aunt Mm -hmm. Kay, Aunt Mm -hmm. KK. um, She was like obsessed with this movie when she was young. And so I think she introduced me to this movie before I even remember you. Like she was like, oh, you're. She she beat me to the punch. Yeah. She was like, oh, you're also the black sheep of the family. Let me pass down this like torch. Yes. Is how I felt. And still to this day, every time I watch it, I send her a text. I'm like, oh. 
Like, I mean, like, cute. thank you. So yeah. I don't know. It's just, it, to me, it was a very important film. It made mm-hmm. me feel very, like, safe and accepted. And it's just fun and goofy if you let it be. It's such a good right? film. Yeah. It's such a good film. Go fucking watch Rocky And go Horror. to the midnight showing and participate. It's Please fun. do. Go support those people that fucking work yeah. their ass off to oh put on those productions. And they're so fun yes. and just these people put their all into these it's performances awesome. and it's such a community and I really do encourage you if you can get out I know it's like trying times but yeah, if you can right, right. get out and fucking support these people and see a Rocky Horror Midnight Show do it that yes. is Rocky Horror bitch I love it so much thank you I love it did I like excellent. do it justice I think you did thank you I think that you did thank you so much yes alright so I am up to the plate. You're up to bat, girl. I'm, I'm doing, excited. Yeah, I'm doing another scary. Are you? Yes. Okay. I'm doing House on Haunted Hill. Oh my god. I don't know why I just choked. I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. You, you knocked the wind out of me. Uh, did I? I love this one. Me too. Supernatural horror film. Yes. Released October 29th, 1999. Okay, so you're doing the remake. I or? am doing the remake. I love and that. I'll, and I'm just going to tell you why. So this is a remake of the 1959 film by the same name starring my forever BFF, Vincent Price. Yes. Right? And I personally prefer this one. I prefer the 1959 version. Oh, see, I prefer the 90s. Yes. However... What we discovered was there's really uh, the difference between these two films is that the original doesn't really go into, you know, the magic. ghosts and all that kind of stuff. So the remake does. It's very magical, the remake. It's very, yeah. You got a lot of ghosts and apparitions hanging on there. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing the remake. And the cast is so hilarious that we just had to do it, right? <laughs> okay. Yes. I okay. So budget, 37 mil. Yeah. 42.5 mil at the box office. Is that office. a clinker lure? <laughs> it's a little bit of a clinker. It yeah. is. A yeah. bit of a clinker. Uh, directed by William Malone. Mm. Written by Rob White yeah. and Dick Beebe. Dick Beebe. <laughs> I love that name. Dick Beebe. <laughs> and special effects makeup by our own Pittsburgh Greg Nicotero. Oh, Greggy. Yes. <laughs> now I'm going to screw Oh, I'm Greggy. Flip, strip. <laughs> oh, Greggy. flip it. And Dick Smith. Greggy and Dick, yes. <laughs> the dynamic duo. Okay. <laughs> and here is your cast. Yeah. Jeffrey Rush as Stephen Price. Oh, do I you love get that, that no- homage? I love that little to Vincent nod. Price. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Famke Jansen as Evelyn. Mm-hmm. And I can't ever think of her in anything other than the faculty. Yeah. Mr. Tay Diggs as Eddie. I love Tay Diggs. (laughs) Peter Gallagher as Blackburn. I love Peter Gallagher, too. I know, right? Chris Kattan as Pritchard. Don't get me started on my love for Chris (laughs) Kattan, because I'll spend like 25 minutes telling you about it. I have seen Night at the Roxbury way too many times. times. Chris Kattan, I love you. And not of my own accord, either. You will like it. Allie Larder. As Sarah. Wow. And I can't think of her in anything but Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I love that you, this is a little quirk of yours that I love. What's that? You cannot get through a single person. (laughs) I'm like, I remember them from this. (laughs) And let's connect the dots and make a web. I need a big fucking whiteboard. (laughs) Do. She's like, are you all following me? Are you all following me? Because this film. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. You're so cute. Bridget Wilson as Melissa Marr. Max Perlich as Schechter. 
And I only I remember him from the Gilmore Girls because he was rune and hilarious. <laughs> Thank All you, right. Lord. Yes. Jeffrey Combs as Dr. Vanicut. Where do you know him from? Tell me that right now. I don't know. Who? Reanimator lore. I've a- never seen that movie. Oh, uh, it's a classic horror film. I have never seen that movie. Our horror friends are going to be like, they're not going to listen to us anymore after you just said that. But you know that what? That one seems a little gory for me. Let's breeze past it, Laura, okay. because you're disappointing horror fans I'm everywhere. Sorry. So I'm sorry. All right. And my favorite, Mr. James Marsters as the Channel 3 cameraman. We love him. Kind of looking very spiky from Buffy. He's, yeah. looking very, he's always looking good. He's always looking you good. You know what? I was going to say. Do you thatch roofs, James? <laughs> I was literally going to be like, <laughs> were you? I knew. You know what I heard? He's newly single. That's oh. all I was going to say. I think we've talked about this before, but I think he's still single. Call me. Hello. 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 All right. So the plot. We open in 1931 at Vanicut Psychiatric Institute for the Criminally Insane. Hmm. That's a mouthful, right? Yeah, it is. Okay. The building is visually striking and looks almost like an ancient temple. Let me just say, let me just preface this by saying that Jacob helped me write my plot description here. I love a detail. He loves a detail. Like I love a detail. Something I share in common with my Virgo friends. That's correct. That's correct. But his verbiage, it's like... You know, amped up a little. I'm like, oh, I feel so smart here. Jake is a lot smarter than the both of us. I don't know if we've ever let that, <laughs> let that, you know, be known. But that's right. Now you know. Yeah, he is like Silent Bob when he like <laughs> he never says anything, and then when he drops it, it's like, hello, pearls. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. So the building is visually striking and looks almost <laughs> like an ancient temple. Right, Lore. I love that you. I'm embracing said, this. That you said ancient temple. I didn't say it. Jake did. I was. Too- <laughs> <laughs> but I <laughs> Oh, I was trying to make a joke, Lord. Oh, okay. Uh, Did I miss it? Did it go over my head? Yes. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> the answer I is yes. hate when that happens. <laughs> happens a lot. No, you told me the other day someone was flirting with me and I was like, I wasn't even there. I missed it. All right. Anyway. Legitimately, hold on, no. Okay. <laughs> Again, this episode, I don't even care that it's gonna be long. Someone was flirting right to your face. Mm-hmm. Me and Lex were in the mm-hmm. fucking car. Mm-hmm. Okay, this guy had a ticket booth. Mm-hmm. He was like batting his eyelashes at you and was like, hello. Hello, buddy. And we drove away and, and we were like, And I'm Lore. like putting my wallet back in my purse or she's whatever. she's like going about and I'm like, Lore, you know, hey, that guy was cute. And he was totally like flirting with you. And she's like, and I wasn't even there. And I was like, <laughs> no, but you were. <laughs> All right, uh, Apple from the tree. How many times did I ask you out before that shit happened? Yo, you didn't have to drag me into this. I was fucking, I was working on lore. Thank you, Jacob. Exactly, though. Thanks for teaching me your ways. Now both of us are fucking oblivious. Completely, <laughs> Completely. oblivious. Completely. Yeah. Anywho. Pretty bad. That's a story for another day. Anyway. The patients have staged a riot in response to their treatment under Dr. Richard B. Vanicut, hmm. the sadistic big boss doctor in charge. Yes. During the riot, the patients start a fire and the entire building starts to go up in flames. As it should. But evil Dr. Vanicut was prepared for this and he pulls this lever that literally locks the building down like a steel cage. Did you just hear my stomach? <laughs> We're hungry. Did you just see I heard again? it. It's like, oh my bitch, god, feed me, Seymour. <laughs> oh my god, that's so embarrassing. Okay, right? anyway, yes. So, unfortunately, only five staff members survived the incident. Damn. So, now we jump ahead to 1999, where we meet Stephen Price and his wife, Evelyn. <laughs> Evelyn. 
Evelyn. Yes. Mr. Price is loaded, having made his money in the amusement park industry. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Roller, <laughs> roller coaster tycoon. Roller coaster <laughs> of love. All right. He has a very messed up sense of humor. Enjoys terrorizing his amusement park guest with antics like a fake elevator crash. Okay. Yeah. His wife is even more twisted than he is, and the couple is not particularly li- living under domestic <laughs> bliss, right? Okay. They're a little spicy. Yeah. They're a little spicy duo. They are. They're not happy. They like to fuck with people. Yes. And yeah. they're mean about it. Yeah, a little bit. So, Mr. Price is not a loving husband, and Evelyn is just his trophy wife. Right, right, right. right. She's in it for the moolah. Yeah. Well, it's Evelyn's birthday, and she likes a party. Have a spooky birthday, theme. Girl. Yeah. girl, celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> This party's theme is to spend the night in a real haunted house. Oh, shit. Right? What every woman dreams of. <laughs> where is she throwing this extravaganza, you may ask? I don't know where. The now abandoned Vanicut Psychiatric Institute. Hey, that's where I'd want to go. We've come full circle. Right? We have come full circle. She gives her hubby a guest list, and he throws that bitch right out. <laughs> And writes his own. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So the fateful night comes at last, and the guests begin to arrive for the evening's festivities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We meet the building's current owner, Watson Pritchard, model Sarah Wolf, who is impersonating her former employer, Jennifer Jensen. That's confusing. All right. Ex-baseball player Eddie Baker. Said Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs. Washed up former TV star Melissa Marr. Ouch. And of course, the dashing older doctor named Donald Blackburn. Is that Browse? Of course. Peter yeah. Gallagher. We refer, we refer to refer- simply <laughs> as Browse. <laughs> He's got some thick ass brows. I he love does. Them. He yeah. does. He does. Like caterpillars. Right? Yes. yes. All right. Sexy ones. Okay, go ahead. Of course. Yeah. The guest list surprises both of the prices as it does not match either one. What either one wrote. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Something is muck. There are games afoot. Why would these parent strangers spend the night in this crappy ass place? I don't know. Each guest who stays in the asylum until morning will receive this lovely cash prize of $1 million. Oh my God, hell yeah. Yeah, okay, sign me up. (laughs) You're like, no, wait a minute. If you're too chicken to make it through the night, your share is forfeit and equally divided among the remaining party participants. I love this. A challenge. Okay. Mm -hmm. The problem with the plan and the key difference between this film and the original is that this bitch is actually haunted. Haunted. Right? Mm. With that fact in mind, the house mysteriously seals itself just like it did during the fire in 1931. So they're in there. They're stuck. No shit. They ain't getting out. Yeah. Uh, The film is all action. We don't waste any time getting straight to it. Uh, Melissa decides it's a good idea to wander off by herself in the basement. You know, and I have a question for those people in horror films. Mm -hmm. In what world, in what world does it make sense for you to fucking go off on yourself? Right. Off on yourself. (laughs) Is that what I said? Off by yourself. You know what? You know what I meant. Have a little bit more wine. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she doesn't make it. She's killed by a ghost. Well. R.I.P. That's for being a dumbass. Right. (laughs) I feel, I do not feel sorry for you. I do not feel sorry. All right. So Mr. Price takes a peep at his wall of security monitors because, you know, they were supposed to be pulling the strings behind the scenes here. Sure. Like it was some big, you know, grandiose. Haunted house. Haunted house type thing. And he witnesses the ghost of Dr. Vanicut creeping around. And the way this guy moves and creeps. It's terrifying. Like it does freak me out. He rejoins the group only to witness the apparent death of his bitchy ass wife. Oh, right. R.I.P. He freaks out, pulls a gun and gets his ass knocked out by Eddie. 
the group puts his unconscious body in the saturation chamber, the room where evil Dr. Vanicut used a zoetrope device to torture his patients. She's a man. Wow, we're really just, we just, we're just ran off to yes. the fucking, yeah. All right, so now this double-crosser Blackburn who volunteered to guard Mr. Price turns this device on Okay. while he's inside, oh, which shit. is like... Disorienting. It's very disorienting. So, cut to Sarah and Eddie rummaging through Dr. Vanicut's office. The brain cells between the two of these characters could probably power a small fan. Ooh, Bert! Fact check, Jake, was that you? That was him. It was, yes. What a roast! Right? But they finally figure out that the party guests are the living descendants of the five staff members that survived the fire in 1931. Love a good twist. Yes. The spirits broke into Mr. Price's computer like a young Maddie L in Hackers and switched the guest list to lure them all there. I really appreciate the Maddie L reference. Thank you very much. You bet. But one name, Donald Blackburn, is not on the list. Brow. This is because... (laughs) Brow. Brow. So this is because Evelyn's cheating ass has the doctor on as a side piece. (laughs) And with the help of Blackburn, faked her own death to implicate him as the murderer. Holy shit. Right? Because they're trying to get rid of Price so she can get all the moolah. With Brow. With the brow. Yeah. Yes. So the two are actually hoping to incite the others into taking Mr. Price out. So it's not on them. Oh, shit. Wow. Wow, They are sneaky. Sneaky. Now remember, friends, if they'll cheat with you, they'll cheat on you. Oh, Lord. Nice. And our double-crossing doctor gets taken out by his own lover, Evelyn. She is a bitch. That's what I call getting a slice of the old dick pie. You know what I'm saying? The brow is taken down. Wow. Is shaved. <laughs> the brow has been shaved. Uh, she used Blackburn's body in life and in death she uses it to try to frame her hubby once again. Shit. She's but a little snake, isn't she? She is a snake. But Mr. Price is not to be played with. And he and Mrs. Price turn into Mike Tyson in a Vander Holyfield. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a KO. A knockout. <laughs> a knockout. As they're scrapping. Mr. Price throws Evelyn through an old decaying wooden door. Oh. Like a sack of potatoes. Oh, shit. And what is behind that door? A massive, pitch black, shape-shifting monster. Oh. Called the Darkness. Oh, okay. That was a twist. Hello, Darkness, my old friend. (laughs) Me every day. No. (laughs) (laughs) Made from all of the asylum's victims' souls. Ooh, dark. Okay. Right? So, very dark. Evelyn is the first to suffer the monster's wrath and is absorbed into the creature. Absorbed. Absorbed, which is really creepy. Mm -hmm. Using Mrs. Price as a mouthpiece, the darkness tells us the obvious. It wants revenge on all of the responsible people that took them out. You know what? I can't even be mad. You know, I get hey, it. Hey, serves them right, it. right? Apologies are not going to cut it. <laughs> and Pritchard is the next to go. Bye-bye. R.I.P. So now we're down to the trio. Mr. Price, Eddie, Sarah. Yeah. Spoiler alert, Mr. Price. Doesn't make it. R.I.P. Yeah. Eddie drops bomb and tells the darkness he was adopted. So he cannot be held responsible <laughs> for this bullshit. Surprise, bitch. Surprise, bitch. I don't even have anything to do with this. <laughs> I'm not even related to these people. Uh-huh. I was adopted. Uh, this buys both he and Sarah some time so they can escape the house as the darkness fades away. Love that. 
because we know Sarah was not the right person either because she was, you know, impersonating. impersonating her boss. Right. The couple takes a moment to admire the majestic sunrise oh. and find a crisp white envelope holding $5 million in checks made out to cash. You know what? Why can't that happen to me? <laughs> Why can't I get to the end of my fucking fiery, you know, world set ablaze to a fucking $5 million check? Why can't I escape the darkness? To $5 million. You know what? It's all right. I'm not bitter. Right. That's all right. And Congratulations, in- <laughs> Tay Diggs. You did it. <laughs> and in, and Allie Larder. Don't and Allie her. Larder. And in our final black and white post credit scene, we flash to the prices. Ooh. Right? Their souls are trapped inside Vanicut Institute, doomed to suffer at the hands of the psychiatric patients for all time. Ooh, karma. Okay. Ooh. What a wild ride you just took us right? on. Yeah. Was that confusing? Um, I mean, it's a movie that, like, people are going off in so many different directions. Yes, it's got a lot of characters. I, I followed you because yes. I know that movie very well. Because you know the movie very yes. well. Yes. And it's very different from the OG. It is. Right? So, fun facts. Remember the crazy machine that Mr. Price got stuck in? I do. It's called a zoeotrope. Okay. You said that. Uh, you've probably seen one but just don't know what it's called. A zoeotrope is a cylindrical toy that when it spins, produces the optical illusion of motion, Hmm. right? So zoeotropes and other optical illusion devices are found in all kinds of films, including Saving Mr. Banks, Hmm. The Woman in Black, The Conjuring 2, and probably most notably Sleepy Hollow when he's like flipping the canary in the cage. That's considered a... Yeah, because the frequent movement puts the canary or the, I think it's a robin or a cardinal or something. Illusion. Fun. Yes, right. So House on Haunted Hill and 13 Ghosts were Dark Castle Entertainment's first films. Yes. Right? Dude, they knocked it out of the park from the fucking jump. Right? And both were remakes of William Castle's films, Mm. 13 Ghosts in 1960, and House on Haunted Hill in 1959, as we said. Fun. Jeffrey Rush's character was described as a regular-looking businessman, Mm -hmm. but Rush was not down for that. So he suggested that his character look like film director John Waters. Oh, my God. Right? Okay. But after his transformation, Rush ended up looking so much like Vincent Price, the director decided to keep the look. Oh, I love that. Right? That's cute. Homage. Love that. Right, so the darkness is seen as a tentacular morphing mass of ghosts inspired by the visuals of H.P. Lovecraft's novels and the Rorschach inkblot tests used in psychiatry. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. Interesting, right? Yeah, that's creative. Yes. All right. The remake borrows some elements from the original 1959 film, such as the limo-like Cadillacs that bring the guests to the house, Mm -hmm. the tiny coffins that hold the handguns that they all get, right? Cute. Uh, The biggest difference is that the original focus entirely on the love triangle slash murder plot. Mm Mm-hmm. And the ghosts, which are never shown and considered secondary to the murder plot device. Sure. Right? Yeah. They don't hurt, kill, or harm anyone in any way, which, of course, is not the case in this remake. I find the remake to be a little gory for my liking. The remake is, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a very disturbing plot. I it mean, is. it's supposed to be, yeah. Yes. Uh, and, of course, the fact that the remake takes place in a haunted asylum which in the original is a haunted house. Yeah. So there are no mad doctors or patients or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate that they really went, they got creative with it. I do appreciate that. They did. They did. So, of course, my lesson has to be 
the haunted asylum. Ooh, right? spooky season. Hello. Yes, and it's spooky. And its role as a pop culture staple in many a horror movie. Oh, shit, right? Laura. Okay. So this topic was a little... A little tough to, to research. Yeah, I'm not going to go into the history and everything about it. If you want to read about that, it's deep and it goes way back. But today's psychiatric hospital was once referred to as the mental asylum, the insane asylum, or the lunatic asylum. Mm, okay. Okay? Yeah. So these early institutions operated under the idea that people suffering from mental illness were to be, as Norman Bates would say, put somewhere. Ooh, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, labeled mad or insane. Prior, the care of these individuals fell either to the families or the churches would step in to take care of or help the families, right? Okay. Again, long history. But in the 19th century, changes were happening to seek out solutions for these families and communities to deal with mental illness. Okay. And that solution would come with the asylum. Okay. Right? Yes. So it is human nature to fear confinement or the idea of being locked up. Yeah. So this placed a stigma surrounding mental hospitals, okay. which encompasses the out of sight, out of mind mentality. Oh. Right? Yeah. Um, and how people stigmatize those suffering from mental illness. Mm. Right? So yeah. let's just sweep that under the carpet. Let's pretend it doesn't exist. Let's put them somewhere they can't be seen. Yes. It's yeah. too uncomfortable to deal with. Right? Mm. Right? I'm having deja vu. Right? <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, this led to many of these facilities coming under investigation for their improper methods, right? Mm -hmm. The first asylum expose surfaced in 1887 when an undercover reporter named Nellie Bly investigated, 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 it was investigated with roaches <laughs> now, <laughs> investigated Blackwell Island in New York, okay, revealing horrible living conditions, physical and mental abuse of a brutal staff. And the complete ease in which people became very disposable. Hmm. So specifically, unwanted wives. Wait, what right? do you mean? So like if somebody decided they didn't want to be married, you know, married to this person anymore or they but wanted they to get rid of, of their – Yeah. So they, they would, you know, say, oh, they're mental, they're crazy and just dispose of them in oh, these hospitals. Oh, boy. Okay. Crazy, right? Yeah. Um, these would be a repeated narrative in asylums well into the 21st century. Other common themes include electroconvulsive therapies, lobotomies, over-medication. Yeah. So it is not surprising that the first artist to tackle the topic of asylums in 1845 was, do you know? No. Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. Right? Yeah. In his story, The System of Dr. Tarr and Professor Feather. Wow. Okay. So by the 1960s, the comfort of like the less sadistic of the institutions, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. um, of the patients gave way to the realization that they were being kind of played like a fine-tuned fiddle. They sure. weren't actually being protected. No. But rather prisoners and, you know, just kind of Taking advantage away. of. Right. Yes. Which became perfectly in sync with the women's liberation movement. Oh, wow. And stories such as the Bell Jar. Mm. Diary of Mad Housewife, Girl Interrupted, right? Oh, wow. yeah. I'm talking about that. And by the 1970s, there was not much trust left for this sector. Mm. And fundulation began to dwindle, 
and we see the beginning of the deinstitutionalization. Okay. Okay. It's on the horizon. And one of the biggest blockbusters in cinema to exemplify this would, of course, be Michael Myers and the Halloween franchise. Oh, shit. Right? Okay. Well, that's not great. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So, according to Troy Rondinone, I hope I said that, I probably didn't, in his book called The Nightmare Factories, The Asylum in the American Imagination, he states that cinema has at times been a watchdog for standards of care in mental hospitals, okay. which have ignited demands for patients' rights and reforms. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. But on the flip side, some would say that cinema has also played a huge role in portraying mental hospitals in a negative light. Mm. We can also look at Ken Kesey's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, right? Yeah. This may contribute to the stigma of the mental health care system that can lead to those suffering to self-medicate, which then can lead to addiction and homelessness, which is rampant in so many places. Because oh, this fear, yeah. you know, has said, I'm not going there. I'm not going to try to talk to anybody because they're going to lock me away. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So with that in mind, you can see why these facilities would be a hotbed of like spiritual, you know, activity. spirit activity. Yes, right. definitely. Absolutely. A lot of heavy, heavy energy there. For sure. So I'm just going to give you a few. There are many. The first one is the Danvers Lunatic Asylum in Danvers, Massachusetts, which opened in 1878. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. But back in the day, it was the location of Salem Village, home of the Salem Witch Trials. Ooh. Hello, double whammy. Yeah, I'll say. The sinister-looking facility may have inspired H.P. Lovecraft's Arkham Sanitarium and is considered the birthplace of the prefrontal lobotomy. Fucking hell. Okay. This facility by the 1930s was so understaffed that it would be days before patients were even noticed after they died, right? Mm. And a large on-site cemetery is considered haunted by evil spirits of patients that did not survive the abusive tactics. Mm. Um, Sure. Yeah. Right? So the Beechworth Lunatic Asylum in Australia... Its reign of terror lasted for more than 128 years. Finally, Whoa. yes. Finally closing down. Are you ready for this? In 1995. What? Crazy. Not before it was reported that 9,000 deaths happened within its walls. You're kidding me. No. Very few patients ever left Beechworth alive. Oh, my God. So no surprise there that many spirits are hanging out. Uh, there have been sightings of faces floating in windows, as well as some of the staff still making their nightly rounds. Oh, wow. Oh. You know, yeah, like Can you the imagine? Ghost, I'm shit my here pants. to take my rounds, right? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my God, right? Like, you're still fucking working your shift. Girl, take I'm a rest. On, I'm on vacation. Where's my Mai Tai? What? Right? <laughs> right. Take a rest. Put your feet up. Exactly. Right, the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in West Virginia. Okay. Maximum capacity, $250. $250. I was going to say, what's the cost? What do you mean? 250 people. Oh, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Thinking only fit. Thinking money. You were saying you didn't want to work after you were dead. I was like, $250? Laura, those are details. You cannot confuse. I was like, what what does the bed cost? $250? I know. Probably. Uh, maximum capacity, 250 people. Gotcha. Okay. Would end up housing 2,400. What? Including, for a short time, one Charlie Manson. Okay. All right. 
Right. So in addition to the overcrowding, the torture of patients who were locked in cages, chained, and suffered lobotomies with ice picks. Deaths were not uncommon, and neither are the spirits that hang out there. Apparently, a patient named Ruth often attacks those who visit the premises, along with voices that warn you to get out. Damn. Okay, this is important, Laura, that you, because I feel like these stories do, just don't get told enough. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, the Waverly Hills Sanitarium in Louisville, Kentucky, okay. allegedly claimed the lives of 63,000 people. Oh, okay. Holy Most fucking hell. exiting the facility in what was known as the death tunnel or body chute. Laura, I asked you to wave a flag. I know. I don't know how many times I have to fucking remind <laughs> you of this. I'm like, okay. As she keeps yes. going, I'm like, ooh. ooh. Like, yeah. Oh, it just so, keeps getting worse. I know. It is brimming with spirit activity, including a nurse who hung herself in room 502. Okay. Screams, footsteps, and Timmy, a boy who enjoyed playing with a rubber ball, has actually been caught on tape. Was it Zach Bagans? I don't know. <laughs> Zach Bagans, have you gone there? Was this ghost making fun of my, my mom? mom? By bouncing his rubber ball? (laughs) Fight me. (laughs) Zach Bagans in a nutshell. So I remember as a kid, we had one close to us. It was called Torrance State Hospital. What a haunted asylum. It was haunted asylum in Blairsville, Pennsylvania. Yes. Right? And so when I was younger... Haunted houses, like, were not a thing. Oh, really? You know, like, there were haunted... There's, like, a, every every night of the week, there's a haunted house. In October, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that was not a thing oh, when really? I was growing up. You might have one here or there, but, okay. you know, that oh, was not a big thing. And so, when guys... You know, guys love when they s- get the scare out of the girls, because then you, like, gotta snuggle you gotta in. you gotta cuddle up. Gotta snuggle in and feel protected, right? right? So, that would be, like, Ew, hey, let's, uh, let's head out to Torrance and... The haunted the asylum. The haunted asylum. Asylum and see if we see any ghosts. You know, you know what's what I mean? weird? Hmm. That trickled down to my generation. Did it really? Yeah, because I remember being in school and like my friends being like, "We're gonna go and we're gonna like sneak into Torrens for the weekend yeah. and like ghost hunt." Like yes. this was like a thing. Oh God, we right. grew up in a small ass town. Right. <laughs> okay, there was not much to do. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, on the weekends it was like, yeah, we're gonna like go and exactly. explore this haunted asylum. I was always too petrified because well, you know course. shit attaches to go me. E- that's but right. No. I didn't go either. Right. I'm like mm, mm, that's I'm on disrespectful. I'm on to your games. <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't have a Ruth Thatcher at this time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm on to those games. Exactly. No, no. All right. It started out with just a few patients that were transferred from the Danville Asylum, which oh. we just talked about in Massachusetts, right? Yeah. And grew by the 1960s to over 3,000 patients. Jeez. It is still an open facility. Is it really? Yes. Was it when I was young? I guess. So what happens is like where the main facility was, I guess a lot of those buildings have been abandoned and it they built a new hospital like oh, further shit. down the road. So the abandoned building is so what the people abandoned explore. building is what is hus- is considered <laughs> is considered haunted. <laughs> haunted. Haunted. That was hilarious. Um specifically the graph building. Oh. And it is claimed that specifically there are disembodied voices. People have seen lights on in the windows, figures that are like come in a cloud of mist. <laughs> a misty figure. <laughs> a misty figure. <laughs> Crying, doors slamming. No. Some people report being hit by gurneys. 
I'm sorry. Excuse I just me? got slapped up upside the head by a gurney. A gurney flew across the fuck. Yo, if a fucking gurney flew, no, no. And as Eddie Murphy would say, I'm out <laughs> for that reason. I'm out. People have reported being grabbed by the ankles. I would shit my pants. I'm just gonna say it right there. Cold spots. Former residents have been seen roaming the halls. No, and elevators open and close by themselves. Dude, see why I never went there? Yeah. I was like, no, thank you. You'd be like taking all that shit home with you. Exactly. And then, of course, we have Haunted Hillview Manor also out near where we live in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Because you have a personal story. I do. So it opened in 1926. It became a senior care center in the late 60s, but closed in 2004. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Super fucking spooky. So you have your own tale. Of the Haunted Hillview Manor? Yes. Oh, gee, you want me to tell her right now? Tell it. Okay, wow, she put me on the spot. She did not warn me. Okay, mm. wow. <laughs> Performance anxiety. Performance. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, we've talked about, I'm very much an empath. I very mm. much, like, I I pick up on, I vibes. I hate yes. that. That sounds so cringy, but yes. I don't know how else to say it. And we at Hedrich Apothecary would go out and do local fender events. Mm-hmm. And one of them that we went to, like, every year was yeah. the Haunted Hillview Manor. And mm-hmm. they had, like, a paranormal fest yes. kind of thing, which, yes. hello, mm-hmm. right up our alley. We didn't fit in there <laughs> either, if you were wondering. No one oh liked gosh. us there either. Yeah. However... Um, yeah, me and Jake went. Laura was somewhere else, and me and Jake were man in the forest. I was at the Renaissance Festival. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and me and Jake were there alone, and I was walking around. So the way they had this event set up was that the vendors were each set up in a fucking room, in like a patient's a room. patient room. Um, and yeah, no. <laughs> that should have been the first, absolutely not. First red flag for you. Um, so I leave Jake with our booth because there's not many people there and I go wandering around and I'm in this other room with these other vendors and there's this ghost hunting crew Mm -hmm. because again, it's a paranormal event Mm -hmm. and they're picking up on something. Like I hear, like Mm -hmm. they have their equipment, like Mm -hmm. hello, Zach Bagans, ghost adventures equipment. They're picking up on shit and there's a man coming through that hates women. Mm -hmm. Like just fuck. And I'm the only woman in the room. Of course. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of course. Hello. Have I told you yet that I'm unlucky. I'm like, let me stumble into this room with this fucking woman hating fucking ghost man I'm is just chilling. looking for a tchotchke, man. I literally was. I was looking for like a fucking magnet, you know, something to remember the occasion. I walk into this room and I am immediately like, I feel sick. Mm-hmm. I feel ill. I don't feel like myself. Like that's the best way I can, I can describe it is mm-hmm. that I just did not feel like myself. Mm-hmm. I felt immediately foggy and yeah. like cloudy and angry mm-hmm. and not like myself. And so I literally, this is one of the only times this has happened. I went to the room where mm-hmm. Jake was and I mm-hmm. said, Get in the car. Pack it up. Pack it up. We're going. Mm-hmm. And we that, that's what we did. He didn't literally they, did not even think twice. He's like, okay. Didn't and, they say something to you, though? Well, they looked at me, and they were like, we're picking up on something. And he doesn't like women. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a spirit that does not like women. And I, like, I didn't know what to do because there mm-hmm. was, like, a vendor in there. So yeah. I was, like, trying to shop, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to get a ring. It's I don't a know. gift shop. I want a tchotchke. I want a souvenir. And they're like, yeah, you might want to get out of here. Like, this ghost doesn't. And I, like, I don't know if it attached to me. I don't know what happened in mm-hmm. there. But I looked at Jake, and I was like, pack up your shit. <laughs> get, get in the, the fucking car. car. And as soon as, like, I would say when we were about 10 minutes away, I felt it drop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah. 
And before that, I didn't really know the history. Like, I knew it was a haunted, quote unquote, obviously mm-hmm. they have like mm-hmm. haunted events, mm-hmm. but I did not know that it was an asylum that. Oh, really? Had and didn't Zach Bagans did an episode Zach there? Zach Bagans did an episode there. Yeah, this is like a very yeah. well known, but at the time, we didn't, we didn't know. know that. Yeah. Like, you know, we we're don't. just in fucking PA, <laughs> like doing little <laughs> events, right? We don't fucking yeah. know. I, yeah, I won't go back there. Yes. Like, and again, I don't get scared by this stuff very yeah. often. I will not go back. Yeah. 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 Nope. So it was not good energy. No, that is one of the only times when I like looked at Jake and I was like, I need you to hear me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like it yeah. was just, I felt very unsettled mm-hmm. and like I was in yeah. a danger. Well, some of the reports in these say that people feel like their legs get super heavy and mm. they can't move their legs and arms. That's interesting because I literally felt like the long, like if I would have stayed there, mm-hmm. I would not have been able to leave. So yeah. it was like a very like get like out. we need to get out of here yeah. or else we're not going to be able to yeah. leave here. I don't so care I if could, we don't sell any tea. Get out. I'm like, fuck the fucking $8. <laughs> get in the car. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like legitimately. These yeah. people probably think I'm crazy. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I could see how people could feel that mm-hmm. because it felt very heavy. It yes. felt very like, oh, yeah. like something's yeah. not right here. Yeah. yeah. That's what some of these people report. Yeah. Well, I mean, given what, you know, you've said and it, the stuff that happened at these mm-hmm. kind of places, you can imagine why they're just like a fucking magnet for this negative activity. Yeah, this to me is so heinous, the things that have happened in these yeah. um, places. And I just, uh, it, this this one was really hard for me to research. I'm because, so sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's just so sad, you know. Um, that human beings would be treated like that. Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to go into detail, um, but again, I've been very open about my mental health struggles. Um, I have bipolar 2 disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I hate to say this. Yeah, recently diagnosed. Recently diagnosed um, after many years of trying to figure out what the fuck was happening here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bipolar 2 and PTSD. And when I tell you that people are still kind of treating people like they're crazy when they have something going on. I mean, I don't say that lightly. It has been very Mm -hmm. hard. And so I hate to say that I can see how like it doesn't surprise me that this stuff happened because people that, you know, have mental health struggles. I mean, they're really, really just swept right under the carpet Even in the now. worst way. Even well, that yeah, and that's uh, really what we're dealing with is the fact that this is such a broken system. It, yeah, very much so. And you're very um vocal about that? Me? You know, yes. Oh yeah. Um because we've also dealt with that, you know, in our family. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a deep topic, you mm-hmm. know, but, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> how do I say this? My bipolar two diagnosis was not that much of a surprise given our family history. Right. Is that okay? Right, right. Um, and the way that the mental health was, um, yes. industry failed our family members who dealt with similar things mm-hmm. was crushing. Yes. And now going through it myself, it's like, oh, it's still crushing. Okay. Yes. Right. <laughs> We're still not on the right page. Right. Um. So I really hate to say that I can just I I understand yes. why these places are such a because this treatment was just so heinous and it's still I mean it's still in this in this field. It's yeah. sad. It is very very sad. Very sad. Yeah, so we took a shitty cheesy, you know, 90s uh hey. 
Maybe sir, when was this made? Like in 1999. <laughs> exactly. So on the cusp there. But yeah, this cheesy, shitty 90s remake. And, uh, you know. But it's uh, interesting. Dive deep. Yeah, but it's interesting because we love the original House on Haunted Hill. Yes, Hill. I do. And I love this one. You do? I do. do yes. Because and I, I f- find it disturbing. It is. Yes. Though. But to me, like, in a horror movie... Especially a remake. I mm-hmm. want to see that you are taking a different angle. I want to see that you are being creative. I want to mm-hmm. see that you're putting kind of like what we talked about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. With the copy. Like yeah. if you're gonna remake, fucking put your own flavor in it. Yeah. You know, add your own yeah, little spice. Yeah. And I feel like they did with this remake. Mm-hmm. I really do. I feel like the performances, like I love fucking Tay Diggs. Mm-hmm. I feel like and Chris Catan. Yeah. They all did awesome. However, it is a heavy topic. It's a heavy topic because this is based on Real, real experiences, real things that happen. But that's probably why they made it a horror. Yeah, correct. But that's why you have to remember that, like, that's why this shit is used as fucking inspiration for these movies is because it's fucking horrifying. Like, this is stuff that actually happened to actual people. It is still going on. Yeah, and it's fucking horrifying. Right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to play them simply. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah. It's interesting that that. Uh, movie, which most people would look at as like a cheesy 90s movie. But if you really read between the lines, it's really not. I mean, they're they're tackling like a very heavy subject. Yes. Yes. Of course, in a very cheesy 90s way. Of course. (laughs) But like, hello, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Duh. I love it. Love it. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that you did that though. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's important. I think that it it is is important that you brought that to. Yeah. When I started doing the research, I'm like, I'm not tacking and tabling. What? What? Um, yep, sorry. Yep, yep, yep. Are you okay? Did you have a stroke? Are you all right? <laughs> I know, right? Do you want some water? Are you okay? Maybe. I think it was the wine. The grapes have like puckered up my. <laughs> I'm like. That. I always have an excuse like every week. I always, yeah, it's a sour grape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to tap into the history because it was way deep. And then, you know, I felt like I went deep enough. That was, you know, that was enough. Laura, I think you did a fantastic awesome. job. Thank I, you. as someone who has struggled, you yes. know, in this arena, I appreciate that you brought it up. And I do appreciate movies like this. I mean, some kind of, you know, it could be argued that they're not helpful. They're, they perpetuate the stereotype but i also like that it's just like hey we're shining a light on something that's fucked up mm-hmm. okay and it's fucked up and we're gonna paint it in a horror light because it's scary it is and, scary. and i yeah. appreciate that because you know what it fucking is it's scary and it does happen and these people fall you know between the cracks and mm-hmm. it's a uh, travesty and this movie was literally about like the spirits of these people being like fuck no yeah <laughs> we're not gonna do that yeah yeah so you, i don't know you'll che- pay big you'll pay big <laughs> yeah i cheesy whatever but yeah. i love it and yeah. i i appreciate you doing this because yeah. i know that was uh, a hard topic yeah. um and yeah like when i was a kid i very very much remember this obsession with going and like stalking like these haunted asylums yes. and hospitals and stuff yeah. because again we grew up in a small town mm-hmm. small town small <laughs> town boy fuck there was not much to do I think but that's a John you- Cougar Mellencamp song no. country boy <laughs> country boy I love you wow <laughs> but you know what I mean like mm-hmm. when you really think about it it's fucked yeah. it's fucked up it's messed up yeah yeah and that's what I have to say about that <laughs> Talk about spooky season. I'm spooked. Talk about some fucking spooky season. Yeah. I have been spooked. Right? Yeah. Wow. You know what, though? Thank you for doing that. Yeah, because sure. I do love that movie. 
Yeah, I know like, you do. I do. Because I was like, I'm doing the original. And you were like, no, I don't think you can. And I was like, no, don't make me do the remake. <laughs> it's magical. I'm, there's good performances. It's the mm-hmm. fucking 90s. There's cheese. And I like that element they added mm-hmm. in there because I think it needed to be. Yeah. You know, it Addressed. needed to be said. Yeah. So, wow, well, Laura, yeah. up top. Yay. Awesome. Holy shit. Was that the longest episode we've ever done? I no think. question. <laughs> oh, Jacob. Patrick, Jake is like, bitch, wrap it up. I'm going to be working until two in the morning. Oh my gosh, yeah. I know. Well, yeah. you know, with that being said, do you want to do killer quotes or what? Let's do it. All right. Sounds great. Jake's like, wrap this bitch <laughs> up. <laughs> All right, mine is, and there were so many choices. All right. What's there? Don't get hot and flustered. Use a bit of mustard. Should I get that as a tattoo? Well, I think you should. Maybe on my lower back. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I like it. All right, here's mine. Okay. Okay. The house doesn't care what's fair, who lives, who dies. Know why? Because it's a fucking house. Is that Chris Catan? Did Chris Catan? It was Chris Catan. Your favorite. Chris Catan, I love you. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I can't explain it. But I love you. Oh, I've seen Night at the Roxbury more than I ever wished to see. I know. And now all of our listeners know that because you've said it many times throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. All right. That's how much I love you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow. All right. Another one in the books. Another one in the books. Happy spooky season, friends. Episode 72. Magic. In the books, Lore. Magical. Wow. All right. Spooky season is underway. <laughs> Yes. Yes. We've got more spooks coming to you next week. We do. All right. So what? Please go and rate us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Yes. It will help us so much. It really will. Go check out our website. Go check out our merch. Go check out our Patreon. And until then, we will see you next week. Yes. TTFN. Cut print checks gate. Moving on.